This is Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. Imagine being a young, otherwise healthy person and waking up one morning to discover you couldn't stand or walk. This is just what happened to 33-year-old Melbourne woman Casey Garland. Doctors looked into why she'd been fine one day but wasn't the next and diagnosed MS, multiple sclerosis. Well, new research shows that the number of people in Australia with multiple sclerosis is rising, as is the rate of growth of the disorder. Mary Lloyd of the ABC Specialist Reporting Team has been following the story. Mary, hello to you. Good evening to you. Welcome, welcome to Nightlife. Hello. Lovely to be here. Yeah. Who's done this research? What are they looking for? Yeah, so this data was commissioned by MS Australia and prepared by a team at the Menzies Institute for Medical Research at the University of Tasmania. And what they found is that there are now 33,000, just over 33,000 Australians living with MS. So that was in 2021. Now, the previous time that they looked into this was um, for a report that they prepared four years ago, and that covered the eight years before that. So this one here that we're looking at now is an interim report, and it came out four years through their eight-year cycle. And what's, what's alarming about the most recent data is that even though this current reporting period is only four years long, the numbers are significantly higher than the previous eight-year period. So in the four years to 2021, there was an increase of just over 7,700 people living with MS. Or that's, in other words, that's a 30% rise. Yeah, that's, so it, that, it, it seems like a lot, doesn't it? I mean, do we, do, to, how much of this do we attribute to the fact that it's being understood better, diagnosed more readily and so on, rather than, than the condition is actually increasing? Well, so the, the the data that they're using is based on data that they got from the from the PBS. So they're looking at how people are being medicated. Mm. One thing that we do know, and it's, it you know this is a, a puzzling disease. It's called multifactorial because there's many factors that that contribute to someone developing the condition. Um, we we do know that people are living longer because we we've got um, therapies. Those therapies are better, and so they're having a life extending. Um, effect. So that's one thing that's adding to the number of, of people living with MS. But the researchers that I've spoken to have also said that we really need to look closely at some of the environmental lifestyle and behavioral factors that increase the risk of getting MS. And some of these are quite curious. So one obvious one is we know that um, rising rates of obesity, particularly among young people, are part of the problem. So we know that being overweight as a child, an adolescent or a young adult increases the risk. So, and if you have the disease, being overweight can make it worse. Mm-hmm. But now there's a couple of other ones that are that are like really quite odd. So bear in mind that three out of four people who are diagnosed with MS are women. Now, pregnancy has a protective effect three, against three developing. Out, three out of four. Yeah, three out of four people diagnosed are, yeah, are, women. are women, and they're, and they're often diagnosed round about the age of of thirty. So it's just when you're getting into your career. Or you're you're looking at, at at having a family, like we're looking at those really kind of productive years of life. Mm. But now pregnancy has a protective effect against developing MS. So women having fewer kids later in life could also be contributing to more people living with the disease. Is is it mainly? I mean, does does it mainly affect young people? 
No, no, no. It doesn't. And, and and particularly now that um, we've got these, you know, be- better therapies that are able to deal with it. So now you've got people living with the disease longer. So we've got a, a there'll be among that cohort, there'll be more people who are older with the disease than before. Mm. And that really contributes then to the the economic impact of these rising rates of MS in the community. Yeah. You spoke to a to 33-year-old Casey Garland. Here she is uh, describing how the disease has affected her. Running for me was what I did at the end of the day to clear my mind. Four to six kilometres was what I used to do. These days, if I can walk 30 minutes, it might be a kilometre at the speed I'm walking. I was fine one day and I wasn't the next. It takes a lot to process that. And that first year, it can be debilitating if you let it. Is it that... Is the onset that sudden? I had thought, I mean, I had thought that the onset of MS was a gradual thing. Yeah, so the, the, the form that she has is called remitting relapsing. So what, what happens, so, it's, so MS is, is, a, is a degenerative disease where it's, you have an autoimmune response and so your body attacks the, the, the nervous system. It attacks the myelin sheath on your, your nerves. Mm-hmm. And so these attacks can come and then suddenly, like, like Casey, so, so she just suddenly couldn't walk. So her brain wasn't able to communicate with her, with her legs, presumably. Um, but then it, it, it sort of calms down for, for, for a period and then can flare up again. And every time you have one of those flare-ups, you, you can get knocked further and further back. So it, those, those flare-ups can then have long-lasting damage, which leads to a whole array of very challenging symptoms from, you know, numbness and, like, not being able to, to use muscles to tingling, um, memory loss, blindness. Um, she suffered uh, deafness in, in just one ear, which she found really quite challenging. Um, cognitive Im- impairment... Um, and, and fatigue. Mm. Fatigue is, is a really, really big one. And she, she struggles with that. But she's an absolute crackerjack and has, has decided that it's, it's really not going to slow her down. And she's, she's just got this fantastic attitude and she's pushing on with her career and she's just trying to find all sorts of ways to, to live with the symptoms as they come and go. Mm. Here's an odd one. Research is showing there are some other peculiarities as to who gets it. For example, if you live near the equator... Yeah. You seem to be less at risk. Yeah. Although, so, I, although data data collected near the equator, I suppose you could say, maybe not quite as comprehensive as those as, as it collected further than the equator. But it, what's going on there? Is it the sunshine got something to do with it? Yeah. So they've, they've done really big studies into into this kind of thing, and you know, I think um, even in Australia, you can see the effect. So in Tasmania. There are higher prevalence rates, and in Scandinavian countries, there are higher prevalence rates. So we know that um, that yes. Yeah, so the distance from the equator means that that you're you're greater at risk of being affected by the disease. The exact mechanism, I, I don't think, is fully understood, but there is a suspicion that now our vigilance in protecting ourselves against skin cancer might be contributing to higher rates of MS. So. Being exposed to more sun seems to protect you. And, and so if we slip, slop and slap, mm. we're losing some of that, of that protection. Really? Do we, do we know that or is this just a theory? 
I, I, I really don't think that the exact mechanism and whether it's linked to vitamin D or if it's actually the, the exposure to sunlight itself, those exact mechanisms. And that's why, you know, and, and the same with the obesity issue. They're not sure exactly what it is. Is it something in mm. The, mm. The, the fat tissue, the adipose tissue that has an effect on, on your immune system? Uh, or is it so something else to do with the strain of being overweight? Mary Lloyd's with us from the ABC Specialist Reporting Team. We're talking about new uh, research into MS, multiple sclerosis, a degenerative debilitating disease that, well, there isn't a cure, is there, Mary? You don't, you don't get better. Do you, ever, no. do you ever stop getting worse? No, so there are therapies now that, that slow it down, but it is, at the moment, it is incurable. Does it kill you in uh, the end? Uh, yes, it, it progresses slowly, um, and, and it, it really depends. I think that, again, there are these um, lifestyle factors that, that, that contribute, and every, every person with MS seems to have their own unique experience with it. Um, and there are things that, that, you know, people work really hard to do to, to lessen the symptoms or to stop those, um, those episodes from coming on. But, yeah, it is, it is incurable. And so, you know, there's a likelihood, you know, something's going to get all of us, that, that there is a, a likelihood if you've, if you've got MS, mm. that it is going to contribute significantly to, to your final demise. Can you, I mean, if there are, you mentioned obesity. Is it one of those things that if there are risk factors, you could, you could do, do something about it? A bit, or is it generally, look, you know, exercise more, eat less, look after yourself? Yes, well, I think, you know, th these, these numbers are, are particularly alarming. And I think that's what MS Australia is, is really trying to look at now. So they are wanting more research into these, these risk factors and to, to what is leading to, to this, this sharp rise in the numbers. And, and that, that's, those numbers are accelerating. They're not just going up steadily. That rate of change is getting faster. And that's, that has quite serious economic impacts because MS is a very expensive disease. So what they're calling for now is, is a lot more research into those, those risk factors and then for the government to also look at maybe some preventative health measures. So things like encouraging um, better nutrition and uh, healthier, healthier weight, um, you know, so, some of those things that we, that we suspect could be contributing to the overall prevalence of MS in Australia mm. and globally. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. All right, Mary, terrific. Thank you. Thanks for your time. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 